have some amazing guests. Now, this young lady came by way of a suggested uh, interview with the beautiful Rashonda Pratt. So I'm so excited for you guys to hear her story and hear what she has to offer. So make sure you guys take notes and she'll provide all her contact information at the end of this uh, recording. So I'm so excited. So I had a chance to read your a little bit of your bio and how you came from a generation of storytellers. Can you please explain that? Because I think storytellers to me is how you really get the foundation of like who you are or the things sure. that you want to desire in life. So please tell me about that. You know, Melinda, first of all, thank you so much for the opportunity to be here on the broadcast. I'm really excited. And um, I count it an honor and a privilege to speak to your community and tribe. Uh, storytelling really goes back to this saying, you know, facts tell, but stories sell. And my background, my mother and my father are both from the beautiful country of Trinidad and Tobago. So shout out to all the West Indians and Trinities in the house. (laughs) And um, since a young kid, my dad's mother was a masterful storyteller. My grandmother could tell stories that were so unbelievable that I would ask my dad afterwards, what did Donan, that's what we called her, just told me this story, is this true? And what I realized about storytelling from that standpoint as a young girl, and then being a television news producer of 20 years, telling some of our country's most biggest stories in the last 20 years, is that everybody wants to be connected. And if you tell a story in a compelling and authentic way, you're people to your cause, to your business, to your product and your service in a way that prompts them to action. Absolutely. And you know what? That's a message that I try to convey to like a lot of my clients. Mm. You know, it's great to post things that you're trying to sell, but you have to connect with your audience. So I think storytelling yes, is an amazing way to get that connection. So you spoke that you have uh, Trinidadian roots. Yes. So can you please talk about that? So, um, growing up as the lone Yankee in the household, that was my nickname for many years um, with my family. Um, My sister, like I said, my mom and my dad, I still have family that's in Trinidad and Tobago. I was the lone American in the family. And it was always very interesting because I grew up off of the West Indian Caribbean culture. Um, I joke with my friends, specifically my husband. I said, you know, I didn't have... Um, Americanized food or really know what that was until I was in high school Um, I remember specifically it was like senior cut day and I was so excited Melinda to go to Hardee's and get what they call a breakfast biscuit (laughs) now I live in the south and southerners love a biscuit and I would see all these kids come to school in the morning with biscuits. Now, you know, in my household, we're not eating out to dinner. That's not a big thing Absolutely. growing up. Mm-hmm. You're going to eat at home. And so I was so excited that I had, you know, I was driving to school and I said, today, I am going to go have the biscuit. And I was really <laughs> excited about that. But also what I learned about growing up in a Caribbean culture is about the power of community, the power of serving, storytelling, And those are all the reasons why I actually got into journalism. Um, When I was in the fourth grade, my dad would make me watch the news. So my friends, I'm going to totally date myself, are watching Rainbow Bright and, and, uh, you know, all those other things, the Smurfs. And I was watching 
Walter Cronkite and Peter Jennings on TV. And he told me as a fourth grader, you know, this is your country. Um, I should know more about it than you do. And you have a responsibility to know what's going on in your country and your community. And back then I didn't know that my dad was really planting a seed in me about being a journalist, about being one of those people who are on the front lines of telling the stories of our country and our community. And it really started to love in me. I mean, if you go to my parents' house now, you will still see my dad will still have the TV on some kind of news program. Even when I worked in television news, my dad would still talk to me about the news as if I wasn't covering it. Have you heard about this story? And what do you think about this? So it really just sparked this love of merging community and storytelling together that I have, I still have a love and passion for. And you can definitely tell because if storytelling was part of your, you know, your, your upbringing. And then yes. you said your dad introduced you to that, to that. Right. I mean, it, that, that's your calling. That's what you're meant to do. It really is. Because even if you talk to my kids or even my clients, I always have a story. I mean, I always have an example. And even when I'm disciplining my kids, I say, so let me give you an example. And they usually look at me like, oh, Lord, this lady's going to tell us a story. I'm like, yes. <laughs> There is a teachable moment here. So it really is in the fiber of my DNA. And when we look at our culture and look at how people are marketing, if we look at how people are creating videos or commercials, content, it all goes back to the storytelling process. Absolutely. It really does. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So I know you spoke about, you know, going to college. And then I did see where you said you landed your first job in a busy newsroom. Yes. And you had to. Can you please elaborate on that? And the reason why I'm really touching on this, because I know that at mm -hmm. one point there was a limited number of black women. Go ahead and say it. That's I'm right, just going to say it. Black yeah. women in journalism. So can you please talk about that experience? Sure. You know, I grew up in a culture where I just told you in the fourth grade, there were no women on the evening news. Mm -hmm. There weren't any women. There especially wasn't any people of color on the evening news. And especially wasn't any women. So I grew up seeing most of the people who were in uh, the media were men. And then, of course, you brought in people like Connie Chung and Barbara Walters, who helped change the landscape of news. And then you have Oprah, the queen, who became the daytime talk uh, mogul. And that changed the scope. But even being back in 2000 and getting into uh, television news officially then, I had worked at a couple of places before that as an intern, but it was walking into that space and realizing that you're at a table with people who don't, everybody around the table doesn't look like you. And so you have to be the voice for the minorities in your community. And even from that television station and working at other stations, having some tough conversations with my journalistic friends and saying things like, listen, we, we, we lack diversity in this story. We failed because we did not get a diverse amount of people to discuss this matter. Or challenging my reporters that, hey, you need to make sure that we show some diversity in this story. Or having conversations about, do you use the word black or do you use the word African-American? Mm. And one of the conversations I had with one of my Caucasian colleagues, because she asked, and here's the thing I think sometimes we have to be careful with. I don't have any problem with Melinda, someone asking because they want to know. Mm -hmm. And sometimes we demonize people for asking 
because they generally want to know. And she came up to me and she asked me, and she said, do you prefer African-American or black? Because we were going over something that was in a script. And I made a little joke about it. I said, well, since I'm the only black woman in the room, which I looked around the room, I was. Wow. And she, I said, you know, I'll answer the question. I said, I don't have a problem if you choose to use African-American or black. I don't have a problem. But what I do have a problem is, is that we're not going to demonize one word over the other. When we're talking about the president, we're not going to call him an African-American. But when we're talking about the person who committed a crime, we're going to call him black. Exactly. There's a problem with that. Mm -hmm. So if we're going to pick one word, we're going to use it for both. But we're not going to demonize one word as if you commit a crime or, quote, considered a thug, then you're black. Mm. There's a problem with that. And you know what she said to me? Thank you for having that conversation. Mm -hmm. I never looked at it like that. You know, and I I say that all the time because we have teenage boys. And we talk to them all the time because they go to a very diverse school. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they have these conversations with their friends that are of other ethnicity. And I tell them all the time, don't be upset because they're asking the question. You right. should be happy because they want to understand. They want to make sure that they get a clear idea of how they should respond because they don't know. They, they weren't raised in our culture. So that's exactly right. That we know or we understand that they may not have a clear. And if they've never been around or been friends or been around people of this you know that ethnicity they really don't yes. know and exactly the politically correct way to you know go about it so and that's why i think we have to be at the table i mean i think that's why it's important to have diversity at the table so that way um we can understand because if you live in your limited box and maybe your friends are not diverse group of people then you can think a certain way and alienate a whole culture of people and not realize it's offensive. That's why when I look at companies that, you know, come out with t-shirts or they use, I mean, we've all heard the stories, Mm -hmm. the nightmare stories of you release that commercial and nobody fact checked that or nobody said that was um, racist or derogatory. And it's because of these companies don't have um, diversity on their board at the table mm-hmm. they don't have diversity at the table mm-hmm. and so those are the things that I have um, over the years been grateful grateful to tell the stories of our country and my community but also grateful to have diverse experiences and to bring that to the table and to hold my colleagues accountable Absolutely. hold them accountable Absolutely. That we, we can't we can't tell that story like that because it it, it comes off derogatory or we can't do that because, and and the same with me, you know, um, when uh, President Trump got in the office, whether you believe in his politics or not, one of the things that we, my morning team that was over, because I was the executive morning show producer at the time, is we held each other accountable to read each other's scripts, mm-hmm. to make sure that we're not editorializing and that we're not putting in our own opinions, whether we're for his policies mm-hmm. or not. And mm-hmm. we had to hold each other accountable because at the end of the day, we're still people. And though I'm delivering the news, I also have an opinion about what I'm saying. But I have to make sure my opinion is not inserted in this topic at this point in time. Absolutely. And it's it's amazing that you hold that, that accountability is very important. It is. It is. And it's accountability even when it comes to storytelling, right? Mm-hmm. It's accountability in the sense of this is who we say that we are. How are we living up to this? This is what we're telling people that we do. How are we living up to this? And the example of that came from 
years of working in the newsroom, um, a particular station that I worked at, my first station, our news director at the time, whenever a new hire would start, whether it's a new reporter, a new anchor, even a new person in production, he would bring them to the morning meeting and he would go around the room and he'd say, who are we? What do we do best, Rashonda? Well, we do, we do weather best. Why do we do weather best? Because he would go around and make sure that everybody's speaking. You ready for this? The same story. Mm-hmm. It's one voice, mm-hmm. right? But it's many echoes. And we oh, have to wow. make sure that everybody has the same echo. And a lot of times, while there's confusion with the brand, Melinda, and confusion with the story is, you have someone in research saying one story, someone in marketing putting out a different story, and the two don't sync. And the CEO who's saying, wait a second, neither one of these is our story to begin with. So we have to make sure everybody in the company understands the one story and they're all echoing the same thing. I love that. I love that. And I think that if a lot of companies would adapt that, yes, that, it, things would completely change. And I just had this conversation with somebody else and they were mm-hmm. saying that, you know, um, they just bought a franchise. So I just, right. I, I got to talk about this because this is the sentiment was and they kept saying you know they keep having high tone turnovers and I said that's because the the the, the voice the message of the mm. training and everything that's conveyed is not clear to them they're not connecting to that it's something right. that's missing they don't so have buy in yes yes mm-hmm. you know you have to show that value right people don't care they and do you have to know. give them buy in in a sense of tying their story to your story Absolutely. This is why we want you a part of this company. This is why we want you a part of what we're doing because you help do X, Y, and Z. You help add to our story. So yeah, there's a lack of buy-in there. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I definitely want to touch on, because I know we we the we can keep going. We can write a book. Right. Diversity, inclusion, accountability. Oh my gosh, there's so much we can cover. But I definitely want to talk about your experience um, covering. We talked a little bit about covering breaking news, mm-hmm. but I noticed that you talked about, um, you know, your journey toward entrepreneurship. Yeah. From marketing. Yeah. Let's definitely touch on that. You know, my journey in entrepreneurship started while I was still working at the television station. Um, I was an executive morning show producer. Uh, I'd go in about 2 a.m. 3 a.m. and get off about 10, 11 the next day, depending on what this what the, the day was. And um, this particular morning, we were uh, just finishing up the morning show. And granted, I was doing some things on the side, right? You know, I was speaking, I was doing those kinds of things, helping people understand how to utilize the media in their uh, brand, if they're a speaker, consultant, those kinds of things. But this is the day that it changed for me. And uh, we just finished up the morning show and CBS this morning came on. I was working at a local CBS affiliate and Nora and Gail came on and they were talking about this cool app called Meerkat and Periscope. Um, Meerkat and Periscope was a live streaming platform that allowed you to live stream video and it was connected to Twitter. Of course, Meerkat didn't last a week. Periscope took over. And I think as the statistics go, within the first 24 hours, um, Periscope had a million followers Mm -hmm. within either the first 24 hours or the first week. And when I saw that, I immediately was excited because I knew in order to get in front of the people that I wanted to do business with, I had to 
build know, like, and trust. Mm -hmm. And the quickest way to build know, like, and trust with people consistently is for them to see you, for them to hear you. Mm -hmm. Basically what I learned in television, that pictures and words make the perfect marriage. And I was excited. My colleagues were not. They were like, oh, there's more ways for people to be irresponsible on social media, blah, blah, blah. But I looked at it as this is a great way for me to build a community and tribe. So I would leave work and I would go live and I'll talk about media, press releases. I'll answer people's questions. Well, Melinda, people started tuning in and then they started asking, well, what time will you go live again tomorrow? Mm-hmm. And then I had to sit, set a consistent time and this thing became a show. And there were a couple of people at the station who were haters. There were a couple of people who were like, what she thinks she's doing? Mm-hmm. What is this whole thing that she's talking about with Periscope? Well, you know, fast forward to four and a half years later, mm-hmm. um, that job, I quit one year ago hmm. and I have not looked back. In that time, I have since written a book about live stream, CEO live video that became an Amazon bestseller in 24 hours, teaching All people right. step by step how to use live video. I have done trainings at the government social media conference in Nashville. This past May, we were in um, Paris, France for my first international speaking engagement. And all of these things happen. You ready? Hmm. From taking a bet on myself, hmm. owning my genius, hmm. and showing up consistently on live video. And so I transitioned from my TV job to now building my own media. And it's been an amazing experience. I am just like completely amazed at the fact that, you know, as women, we have to believe in ourselves. That's not That's it. If you That's believe it. in yourself, you can make it to step number two and three That's and it. four and five. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I felt like you knew exactly what it is you wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And that platform, like you said, I remember when I first signed up for Periscope. It was yeah. Like, that, I thought that was amazing. I was like, this right. is amazing. Um, and to get a platform where you can speak to that, be in anybody's household, in their office, yeah. in their car with them. You can go international without yes. leaving your house. Absolutely. That, that that just took things to a whole nother level and it gave a different perspective on biz, small business too because that opened a lot of doors for small business and yes, pe- it did. people to get connected to be like you said speaking opportunities around the globe so Periscope I, I think was an amazing um, platform and um, the fact that you could transition from like you said your daily job Mm -hmm. career to own your own is amazing and then let's talk about this book so so I wrote the book on a dare Melinda I'm going to be honest there was no strategy I'm going to be honest there was no strategy there was no like I'm going to do this there was no strategy I wrote it on a dare because I was talking to shout out to uh, Tawana the LinkedIn professor dared me to write a book she said listen you need to own your expertise. And she said, you need to write a book. She's like, you're doing out, you're always telling us to go live. You're doing all these teachings. I need you to write a book and you have 30 days to do it. Um, The reason why she gave me 30 days, I know, I know. The reason why she gave me 30 days is because I was about seven months pregnant. I was on maternity leave from the television station. And I was like, wait, what? And she said, you can do it. And it wasn't even the first book I was going to write. I was going to write a book about how to think like a producer. And um, I couldn't find the book. I had already written it. It was like six page, six chapters already done. 
could not find this book anywhere. And I knew she was going to hold me accountable because I agreed to do this thing. And 30 days she gave me. And I sat there and I said, oh my gosh, what am I going to do? And so I went into prayer. I was like, well, Lord, what's the book? I, I was like, what is the book that I need to write? Because obviously this book that I had is nowhere to be found. And this obviously is not the book. And when I was in prayer, I just saw the word CEO. And I was like, CEO? CEO of live video. And I was like, of live video. And CEO is an acronym. It's Connect, Engage, Offer. And those are the three things you do on live video. And so I took all of my expertise and the things that I taught people many times on live video. And I put it in a book. Got it done in 30 days. We um, put it on Amazon in 24 hours. It was a bestseller. And it won in the social media category. And I was absolutely amazed that that book has taken me all over the country. I mean, from Denver to uh, Nashville to Florida to all over the, the country. And it's been an amazing journey just sharing people my expertise and what I know. See, this is the thing that people have to understand. I, I want them to really, ladies, I want you to understand this. Nothing with God is wasted. Oh, Lord Jesus, listen. Mm. Nothing is wasted. Who would have thunk? And I said it just like that. Who would have thunk, Belinda, 20 years of working in television news, that I would take those experiences, that knowledge, those training, and be able to turn that into teaching people now how to use the things that I learned on, how to be camera confident, how to put together content, how to do all of those things that I learned 20 years of working in TV, and now I'm teaching people how to do that in their business. Wow. I didn't see that then. I had no clue. But you know, God but had our, this was already designed. It was already designed. And so I want people to understand that your certifications, your trainings, your education, or your lack of education, none of those, your life experiences, your journey, none of that is wasted. Because here's the, the background story. If I go back into the archives of my story when I was working in television news and I would sit there and I'd watch these anchors read my words on air, but yet, you ready for this? I didn't even have confidence in my own voice. Mm. I was camera shy. Oh, wow. I didn't like being in front of the camera. I thought I looked bad. I thought, I for years, I hated my voice. Hated oh my, my voice. And now I get paid to speak with this voice that I once hated. And I remember one day, I had this short thought, though I didn't do anything with it. Well, then I was sitting there, and the anchors were reading my words on TV. And that's what I said to myself. If they have enough confidence to read my words on TV, these are my words. What kind of confidence do I need? Thought of. Rashonda, you have to get over your own fear and find your voice. Yes. And that's what I'm passionate in helping others to do. Find your voice so you can amplify your voice and then monetize your story. And you know what? That is what I this the beginning of this year. Is that exact that's exactly what I was going through. Because I felt like with social media and everything, I was like, listen, I am a private person. So I had to find a balance by what I wanted to share and put out there because I didn't want to seem like everything that I put out was just promoting, promoting. promoting. Right, right. So I had to figure out 
how do I balance that and connect with people without telling all of my business Mm -hmm. and just let them in on certain parts of my life so they can feel that connection and when I say immediately when I started doing that the whole dynamic shift because I felt just like you and I'm like okay do I have to have on makeup from hair you know makeup right no you know what the people connect when they see the real you that's it they want to see you if you having a bad day if you having a good day. that's right if you, that is what they want to see that's so key because I tell people all the time listen it's not about perfection it's about progress you know we strive for progress and not perfection because your audience is always struggling with perfection what they want is progress when I first started doing live video I didn't have fancy lights and the backdrop that I have now you know what I started with a white wall and a message in my heart that's all I had and that drew people and as we began to progress and grow then we have a backdrop now now we have a little bit we have an in-house studio and we have lights and all that stuff but I grew to that because sometimes people use those things as an excuse not to start at all but all I need you to do is to get your messaging correctly understand what you want to say what you want to communicate and roll with that all the other stuff you can add later Listen, and I and I, I think that that's so important, especially with all my, all these all the new businesses that are listening, or if somebody's listening right. that's considering starting a business. Make sure that you are ready to provide that connection. That is so important, and I definitely want to touch on. Now we're we're going to talk about coaching since we've talked about everything else. You know. Um, I did see that you offer coaching. Yes. So let's let's talk about that. <laughs> so one of the things that I, I would like to work with people about is I love to work with people getting very clear about what their story is and how to use that story to align with the people that they're called to serve and called to impact. A lot of people don't want to deal with the message and the message is so important to everything else that we do, right? And so one of the things that's a part of that message is the word mess. When we look at the word message, it contains the word mess, M-E-S-S. And so sometimes we have to embrace the mess, the failures, in order to have a message that everybody can resonate with or people that we're called to connect to. So I help people understand how to create that message and then how to take that message that you've created to the masses, whether it's on air or online. So whether that's pitching you as an expert, a subject matter, a commentator on your local media, or how to take that online and how to use that message when it comes to live video. Yes, and and, you know, I want to say this because a lot of people think that it's only for people that have a product-based business. Mm. Because I'm just looking at your, uh, you know, I've, I've reviewed your website and I was just looking and I've gotten requests from people, and I'm sure you do too, that it's right. not just about product. It's about actual, like, I see you do um, stuff with pastors, ministers yes. and pastors. Mm-hmm. So I definitely want to touch on that because a lot of people think you don't need that connection if you're not selling a product. And I'm like, no, you need that connection. Every day we are being sold a story. Mm-hmm. Every day we are being sold a story. One of my favorite Native American proverbs says this. Those who tell the stories rule the world. Hmm. And every day we are being told a story. You ready for this? Whether it's true or not. Hmm. 
I tell myself a story when I go to the store and I buy heels. If I wear these heels, this is going to make me taller than most middle schoolers. I'm going to look tall and lean on the stage. That's a story I'm telling myself, whether it's true or not, but this is what I believe. And so we have to control the narrative. We have to manage our narrative because if you don't, somebody else will. So even whether it's a ministry, it's a nonprofit, whether you have a product, whether you're an expert in something and you are giving people your knowledge, it all goes back to there's a narrative that needs to be told. Maya Angelou says there's no greatest, there's no greater agony than an untold story. And the agony that you're having financially in your business, in your nonprofit, and dare I say in your ministry is because you have not told the story Hmm. that needs to be told, that connects to the people who you're called to impact and serve. This is amazing. So I hope everybody that's listening is taking notes and really um, connect to this story because this, yes. this is amazing. And that, that's why I wanted to make sure that, you know, I bring you these great and powerful women that have a story to tell, have a background and can give you insight into how or what steps you need in order to help grow and connect to your brand. So you have to tell me now yes. what projects are you currently working on? Wow, what projects am I currently working on? Well, we have been really traveling a lot this year, and so we're trying to uh, settle some things down. We have uh, two more travel things, two more, I like to call them assignments, two more travel assignments coming up. But um, we're working on another book. So I'm not going to tell you guys what book yet, but I'm very excited. It's going to come out in 2020, so I'm very excited about that and I would just like to say that's breaking news because no one knew that I was working on another book so okay. Melinda you just pulled that out of me. okay so I'm working on another book so I'm really excited about that and in 2020 we're really going to start to get into more producing I miss doing that so we're going to get into more produced content and when I say produced content beyond just the live show that we do every Monday night at 8 45 um, p.m eastern standard time but more into produced content for clients and also produce content of stories that have not been told that I think deserve to be told. Mm, okay. And that, so I'm looking into that. That's amazing. And congratulations on the new book. Like I Thank know you. what goes into a book because I'm actually working on a book myself. I mean, I think my followers kind of know what it is. I don't want to say what the genre is because they yeah. really don't know, but I've been dropping hints all along. So I know what goes into a, a putting you know working on a book and it is that connection because yeah, it's a labor words yeah <laughs> yes. your words being put on paper or your typing right. on a computer however you want to reference it but exactly it's 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 a heartfelt um engagement for yes. you and, and your brand so i know we've talked about all the things that you should be doing and connecting can you give our listeners some pointers on things that they should not do Sure. Now, when you say that, in regards to live video, storytelling, tell me what you're thinking. Actually, both, because I feel (laughs) like, and the reason why I say that is Mm -hmm. because people are not clear about what they should be doing, period. And I think that 
you know, if you can provide them some really good tips, it can set the the tone for what they should be doing and, sure. and they'll be able to, you know, put those things in place. When it comes to live stream and when it comes to telling your story, do both with intent. I think too many people just do the live stream option because it's on their phone and just because they can, but they don't have an intention on uh, what's the journey, how consistent am I going to be in doing this? Um, what's the information I'm going to share or even what's the call to action. So live stream with content, people, um, excuse me, with intent. Uh, when it comes to people telling their story in that same regard, I think a lot of times people come on and they throw up their story. And I hate to use that word, but that's the best way I can summarize it, where they're telling all of the stuff, all of the things, but there's not really an intention with what or the purpose of why I'm telling this story. So it's they're telling all the mess of the story and it's heavy, but they're not taking us on the journey of where's the victory or where's the redemptive space. They just, oh, you know, I gotta tell my story, I gotta tell my story, but there's not really intent. So live stream and tell your story with intent. Also remember something that Cheryl Wood says all the time that I love. She says, your story is about you, but it's not for you. Mm. And what we have to remember with that is at the end of the day of me telling this story on live video or even in a book, how is this going to make the next person better? It can't all be centered around you. Mm. It's got to be bigger than that. So even with going on the flip side of that with live stream, if you were the kid that wasn't popular in middle school, high school, you were the geeky kid, and now all of a sudden you become popular off a live video, it's got to be bigger than that. Mm -hmm. we, we, we got enough Periscope phonies and Facebook fakers. We got enough of that. So there's got to be a bigger plan, bigger than you again, on why am I doing this live stream in the first place? One of the things that I think about with every live stream that I do, every video, every piece of content is how can I make them better? Yeah. How can I be the solution to their problem? That's how I live my life. I am the solution to this problem. And so when you look at that, you know, I, I make this comment often that lives save lives. Mm. So when you understand that, you understand I'm going back, I'm going live to save a life, then that makes all the difference in the world. Absolutely. Absolutely. So we've covered the things that they should be doing, the things that they shouldn't do. Mm -hmm. And I want to circle back to something because you said before that you were apprehensive about being you know, at or live, you know, being mm. live. And yeah. Can you give some pointers of things that they can do in order to overcome that fear sure. and encourage people to, you know, get out there and just start doing it? Mm. One, number one, I think the reason why some people are fearful is they're fearful of the story. Like, what do I tell? What do I share? And one of the activities that I give to clients, um, sometimes when I'm getting them to start this, and I've done this in, in, uh, coaching sessions and I've done this with groups and even on live video mention this is that do a story assessment put down on a sheet of paper what story I'm willing to share and what story is and if it's off limits keep it off limits and be okay with that what story am I going to share that is going to resonate with my audience? And what story am I not going to share because I'm just not willing to go there yet? Wow. 
And then the second thing is start to be okay with your voice. You know, we talk to ourselves all the time, Melinda. Yeah. We talk to ourselves in the elevator. We talk to ourselves while we're doing laundry. Um, we talk to ourselves all the time. Now, we may not be saying the most nice nicest things to ourselves <laughs> but we talk to ourselves all the time and so get used to hearing and seeing yourself that was one of the first things when I first started going live that kind of tripped me up is like oh my gosh I'm hearing my voice mm. oh boy oh boy and I'm seeing myself this is this is what I look like when I say that this is my mannerism mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so practice in your mirror practice in your mirror talking to yourself and hearing your voice getting used to it practice looking at yourself in the mirror and seeing some of the quirky things that you do and say mm-hmm. practice in the mirror hearing and seeing yourself and then lastly get over perfection oh yes. perfection is a horrible taskmaster. that and fear they're horrible so get over the fact of wanting it to be perfect and just say I just want it to be done And I can continue to progress in getting better once it's done. I love that. I love that. And I tell my clients all the time, like, that's the biggest, all of my clients that come to me, they all have a fear of getting on social media. They Mm -hmm. all, their fears, and I keep trying to explain to them, like, you have to connect with it. Nobody, you can keep posting things. Likes are not going to turn into monetary. um, Nope. Goodies. I guess it's yes. the best way to put it. Can I just insert something there? Yes, please do. preaching real good, Melinda. Let me go ahead and tell you this, ladies and gentlemen. Likes don't turn into money. Let me tell you what you want. You, you know, likes are good. You know, I'm not going to frown upon likes, but this is what you really want. You really want comments and shares. Mm. Mm. I would even say emojis. Mm-hmm. You want the engagement. I mean, again, likes are fine. There's nothing wrong with likes. I'm not shading a like. But for me, what I want is the comment. Because that lets me know that you're really engaged. It takes an extra step for someone to sit there and say, I'm going to type in this little box. Yes. I'm going to hit this share button. And on top of sharing, I'm going to let my audience know why I want them to watch. That takes an extra step. So that means you're really engaged. Anybody can just scroll through social media because how many of us have done this on Instagram? Like, 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 like. (laughs) Exactly. But I want that true engagement. And Mm -hmm. that's where the moneymaker is. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And I just, I was reading earlier today, getting some notes together. And I and I was reading that, you know, with social media, when it first started, it was just, I mean, when you had, you had mm-hmm. a limited number of characters. Oh, yeah. Oh, 140. Listen, and, and now you think about how social media has progressed when you could upload videos, you could do yeah. live, you can go live. Like, I don't think people really connect that to branding and how you can market because right now the platforms are free. You can mm-hmm. go and post, and even on Facebook, you can share in different groups. So there's so many different ways for you to tell your story. Absolutely, that it is really unexcusable for you not to do so. So for everybody that's listening, that say, "Oh, I don't do social media," or you know, mm-hmm. I'm scared. Listen, you are missing. Yeah, so many opportunities for Perfect. your brand perfect example whether you agree with his politics or not that was one of the major ways that President Mm -hmm. Obama won the election Mm -hmm. think about it they're marketable and the reason why they're so they're they're that way is because he was really one of the first presidents to really engage and embrace social media Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. and again again you don't have to agree with his politics or you do 
right? It's not a political conversation. I'm just mm-hmm. using these natural examples to make a point. Mm-hmm. Uh, Donald Trump. You may not want President Trump on Twitter all the time, but guess what? People are watching. Exactly. I mean, when we were at the television station, we would say, oh, the president's up. He just tweeted. I mean, it, it's a thing. Exactly. And so if it's working in the political sector and it's working for these folks who are building a message to get out there, why would you not think you can't use it? I mean, Oprah launched her 2020 tour. And what did she do? She did a Facebook Live calling out people's name. Oh, Samantha says she'll be there. And and, and she started, she said, and, and she said in the replay, those who are gonna watch me, make sure to tell me, you know, your name or what city you're watching from. I may shout you out too. Exactly. <laughs> she didn't go on television and did that. She did it on social media. And you know what I tell I when I have these consultations with my clients, the first thing I ask when we get to the social media part, the first thing I ask them is, what do you do when you get up in the morning? Mm-hmm. And that and you know, they say, of course, you know, they, you know, hygiene, things like that. But then yeah. I'm like, okay, what do you do? You grab your phone, right? Okay. That's it. That's the connection. I'm like, that's so everybody true. checks their phone in the morning. I don't care whether you're on social media platforms or you're checking the news or you're that's checking it. emails. That's you're right. doing something that connects to your phone. This phone is your gateway to yes. the world. The people you want to meet and the people that you want to connect to are in a sea of smartphones. And, and let's go back to the beginning of this conversation. The mm-hmm. reason why we have Roshonda on our podcast is because we both are active on LinkedIn, which is a That's great it. platform. Right. And somebody's seen my post about my podcast and they suggested that I invite her on as a special guest. There you go. How many opportunities are you missing because you're not in the right place and sometimes the right place is not necessarily being in the room but you can get invited to the room if you're on social media absolutely i'm just gonna say that part that's my mic drop moment okay yes (laughs) yes 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 so i i just want to first of all i'm so excited that you have a new book coming out and i'm going to make sure that i let you um provide all your contact information too for everybody to follow you so if you want to go ahead and give them the way to connect with you yeah i'm across so all social media platforms as the rose show live t-h-e-r-o-s-h-o-l-i-v-e i would love for you to join me live on facebook every monday at 8 45 p.m eastern standard time for what we call media monday with the rose show live and um of course you can follow us also on our website www.therosshowlive.com okay so for all of our listeners you guys make sure you go on and follow and also you um like she said join her mondays on facebook i'm gonna start joining now because i, I love it. About it i love yes. it I love it. I love connecting with great people and I can feel great energy. And this is a great um, opportunity for anybody that's looking. Now, look, you can get on Facebook and join live. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. this is this is what it's about. And then, oh, tell them how they can um, go to your website and you can also request to book. Sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's I do a complimentary strategy call, 20 uh, minute complimentary strategy call just to see if we're a good fit to find out how to help you find your voice, clarify your message so you can impact the world with a great story on air and online. You can go to www.therosshowlive.com.
about you and then please let them know how they can purchase your book sure we um will probably start pre-sales going into the beginning of the year and again we'll post all of that information across our social media platforms. so make sure to follow me on instagram twitter facebook as the Rose show live yes 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 so that was for the new book but if you want the ceo um of live CEO, video yeah. yes ceo of live video is available right now on amazon okay so i want i want you guys to make sure you let us know when you grab this book and let us know how it transform and transition your business because i'm just looking at it now it's five stars on amazon and that's thank what we you want. we want i didn't pay any of those people to say that by the way i just want everybody to know that i didn't pay Listen, any of those we, people to say that Listen, just from the conversation, we can tell that you are very impactful in the people that you connect with. And I'm sure all my listeners would agree. And I just want to thank you so much for joining us on um, Ashi the Icon podcast. Our goal is to connect women through combo, clarity, collaboration, creativity. This is what we want. This is our platform. So I just want to thank you for coming on and sharing all your wisdom with us. And you all make sure you go and follow her and uh, connect join her facebook live and also purchase her book awesome thank you so much for this opportunity it was amazing thank you thank you so much and you guys until next time be icon